But good morning. How are you today, sirs? Tired and ready to rock. You know how it is. I'm tired and ready to rock. I like that. Ready to rock and roll. Talk about some Nazi shit. Whoa. <laughs> He's starting this off already, making this sound like a way different podcast. If this is your first time here, you're already not, like, it's not what you think. Yeah. No, there are lots of not. movies about Nazis. There are many films about Nazis. Many. I, I would probably say, do you probably think that? films about nazis is the largest film genre no maybe historically like there's a like in terms of modern history if you're gonna look at like i don't know like historical films or like war films it's definitely the biggest like subgenre of war films okay i would say that if you were to go into the back lots of every major studio in hollywood there would be more nazi uniforms there than were ever produced in Nazi Germany, actually. Take that with a grain of salt, Take obviously. That. It's Take just that, Hollywood. obvious hyperbole. <laughs> but still, that's Take just that, to Hollywood. emphasize the point that every bad guy for a long time, before they were like Russian, they were fucking <laughs> German. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. so funny. That's I was going to sure. bring that up. There's definitely the Russian thing. And we'll, um, there's some points to make about Russia later on as well when we talk about this film. Definitely. It's oddly prescient, interesting choice that you made here, Jeff, having us watch Downfall. Oh, wait. We're not watching the Red Balloon? We're not. We didn't watch the Boy in the Striped Pajamas either. We didn't watch Schindler's List, although we could have. That's a great movie. They're all, all of these movies. Are good. That's the thing is World War II is very prolific genre, but at the same time, for the most part, a lot of the movies are really good. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good well, setting. I mean, when you have such a huge sample size, you're going to have a lot of great ones. Like, there's just so many. Everything from The Great Escape to Saving Private Ryan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny? I learned about Nazis, not from, like, a history. But I know this is, might be a little sad and, like, revealing as an American, but... Or just, like, how early I started watching movies. <clears throat> I learned about Nazis so when your for uncle the first time. walked in in his uniform? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I was about to say. I was, I was about to say, and then like I just snapped to. Like it was fucking instinctual. Threw up oh, that hand. No. God damn it, dude. No. No. It was from Indiana Jones. I watched those movies when I was really young. And I was like, who are these villains? Like, I didn't know who the Nazis were when I first saw Indiana Jones. So I was like... Okay, so he's just mm. fighting like some military. All right, cool. It was just like some bad guy. It was almost like a Schwarzenegger movie where he's always just fighting like ambigu- ambiguous brown military people. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> in this, and then in Indiana Jones, it was like actually Nazis, and I didn't understand that until way later. But there you go. Life there you go. Dude. Childhood of an American education. Yeah, because, I mean, when you're a kid, you don't think about things in those terms. You don't have that sort of worldview. You don't have that context. No. You see, like, people, and you're like, what's the deal with those people? Yeah, you know, I, I think, get it. like, coming up through Catholic school at that age when I saw the movie, I was, like, more in tune with all of the religious folklore aspect. I was like, what? They're going to look for the Ark? Like, and he's like, you, you know. You went to Catholic school? Oh, yeah, I was raised I really know that. Catholic. Wow. My, my grandparents moved from from sicily to venice how little we know about each other casino isn't the only <laughs> italian over here I mean, although, the only sauce monkey in here although i think he's more he's more than i am so yeah because you're like 37 other things exactly you know so. right <laughs> jeff's just like pure pure sauce yeah it's all, it's all <laughs> sauce mostly pasta 
It's a lot I'm of like pasta that in there as well. You get it like yeah. Olive Garden where they just like throw a bunch of shit in it and no they're bitch, like, okay, it's, it's a red. Good, no bitch, it's a good sauce. Is it? It's a good sauce. We like his sauce. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't this, read too right, much this, into that. This cold open has gone on lo- far too long. <laughs> what are you talking about? We keep talking. About, let's talk about Olive Garden. Would you say it's the downfall of this podcast? Ooh. Oh God. The there are a couple segue. comments who think so. They think we need to get to the point. <laughs> um, but no. Welcome back to The Real Weirdos. We're two and a half white men with English degrees talking about movies for way too goddamn long. Today, we're talking about the 2004 film Downfall by director Oliver Hirschbeigel. <laughs> I was waiting for Jeff to laugh there. Or say change it. I knew he might say change it. I actually it. love German and like the language. and I just find it funny, so don't change it. Yeah, and it's a film about the last days of Adolf Hitler as he hangs out in a bunker with his mates. Um, which maybe <laughs> makes it sound it's more jolly festive. mates. It's like fucking Gilligan's <laughs> Island. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is Hitler just palling around with some bros. Hitler yeah, on a vacation, nice, a bunker. A nice chill film. His he's closest by, buds. Uh, he's no bitches. Elvis Presley. He wears the Hawaiian shirt. Oh my no, god! No, it's um, it's a yeah. This is a Jeff choice. So why don't you lead us off? Why did why did we watch Downfall? Why did we? I was just uh, going through movies, trying to figure out what to pick for my choice. And wow, that was an Alex level pause right there. Uh, I tried to <laughs> not quite. <laughs> I tried In your brain. I can see it. I know. <laughs> uh, I I tried to f- uh, find like a good pick because we were picking. Each of us like nostalgic, kind of broody, edgy movies, and uh, well, I mean, except Gone in sixty seconds, which we're, was just fun. We're getting into fun junk trash. food territory, yeah, yeah. But it was all kind of nostalgia <laughs> stuff. We each kind of picked a movie that we really liked from our from our younger days, and so this is a movie I watched recently, and I thought was really, really good. And it like, and I just decided to bring the tone back to maybe something more intellectual, except for this intro has kind of ruined that already, but. What? <laughs> no. But We're yeah, good. just I saw this movie and I just found it to be really great. A really great, accurate telling of the last days of the Third Reich. And more specifically, the last days of good old Adolf Hitler, that <laughs> that that rascal, that scally that ne'er do well. Um, how do you know it's accurate? Are um, you there? I <laughs> was I there, or is this your uncle told you about this? My uncle, yes, he told. He walked in in his uniform, and he's like, "Let me tell you about the downfall of your great great." No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I. I'm loving this, by the way. This is great. Uh, Welcome to the real weirdos in the morning. Uh, no, so when I when I see a movie that's like this, that's trying to draw from like a historical accuracy background. I look into it and I kind of read, I mean, I look into it, meaning I went on Wikipedia and I kind of looked into like the last days of Hitler according to Wikipedia and maybe like mm-hmm. the fourth result on Google and yeah. uh, passed all the ads. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it seems like from the information that is available, I mean, I apparently this is taken from the secretary of Adolf Hitler and her testimony. Yeah, she's in the film. Yep, seems yeah. to be pretty accurate uh, as far as the information they have, and it is a well-told and incredibly dark and gut-wrenching story. And I thought it would be fun. Fun is a weird word to use. Interesting. Interesting. An interesting conversation. Discussion. Boo. Have an interesting discussion. Um, so, Alex, what do you think? Uh, what do you did? What do you think of Downfall? <laughs> Are we doing, we're doing like voices? It? Are we doing voices? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just tired. Um, <laughs> I I love this movie. I've seen it several times. Um, I saw it before, like I saw the meme, thankfully, which, I mean, I don't know what it's like to see the meme and then see the, the film, but I don't know. I, can I just tell thought you. it was cool. I never saw the meme before this seeing this movie. Like I knew it existed, but I just never saw it in any real. Wow. Form. Yep. Yeah. I saw like I saw it in so many versions to oh. where when it came on in the movie I was chuckling and I was thinking of like what would I add right now and I imagined him like complaining about the Uncharted movie or something 
<laughs> like, like everyone who hasn't played the games, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Holland is Drake, mein Führer. <laughs> what did you what say you when I talked to... Oh, I, I mentioned The Crow being uh, remade, and you were like, if they cast Tom Holland, I'm done. I'm done with life. If Tom Holland is the crow i i quit i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna pull an adolph <laughs> put the poison and the gun <laughs> and then burn me this is burn me i want no trace to exist well, oh no oh i think that continue alex please <laughs> i think that it's uh it's probably like the best film representation i've seen of hitler because like jeff was saying it it didn't treat it like a joke it didn't treat it like kind of a parody or like a spoof or a satire Hitler and like the the swastika armband are such notable props in western film cinema that it's hard to ignore all of that history when watching this movie it's hard to just isolate this one but in comparison I think that this one is probably like the best representation I've seen and it feels like it was the most respectful in the sense that they weren't trying to make him into anything more than just the retelling of this story. And they gave humanity instead to other characters. Yeah, I yeah, I have some questions for you guys about Hitler, the, the, the portrayal of Hitler as we go forth here. But this was actually, I think, it wasn't the first time I saw it. I believe I saw it a long time ago, over a decade ago. And I couldn't really remember it. Um, I just remembered like those steel corridors of the bunker and like of course that scene because it's been memed to death. Mm -hmm. But I think like okay first of all this is a great film. I, I don't think anyone like disagrees with that. It is yeah. known as a great film. It's fantastic. It's a really interesting portrayal of these last days and like you said Alex doesn't it doesn't glorify or ham anything up. It's a very human film. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think like leads into what's the most interesting thing about it is you're essentially watching villains. There's no heroes in this movie, but there's no sense of them being villainous either except through your own cultural lens. Because in the logic of the movie, they're just like they've attempted to do what they think is right for the world and they're watching their empire and their Fuhrer crumble. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, it's, and it's weird to watch that because as an empathetic human, you want to empathize with people struggling and like their city being bombed. Um, but at the same time, you're like, these are Nazis. These yeah. are bad people. The schadenfreude is like not there for anyone except for maybe a few of the main principal you know, cabinet members and the top brass of the the empire. But everyone else in that bunker, like the low-level clerks and like even just some of the soldiers shuffling about trying to like do their job. Um, it's, yeah, it's the realization of knowing I was wrong. Like our decisions, like we were wrong and we're paying the price now for this and our empire is going to, going to crumble. So it's kind of pathetic in an in a sad way did you did you think that they did you see people thinking it was morally wrong or just that like they went about it the wrong way or, or something like that because i didn't see a whole lot of like moral ambiguity in the film except a, except how it bookends with the secretary oh no no no, no not morally no no no, no. i mean okay. just like not every single person involved in the nazi regime which is millions of people were like wringing their hands you know and like next to their bubbling evil doctor machines right, right. like there were yeah. some moments of actual like fear like what are you gonna do what are you gonna do if you're a normal person and your empire is thrust into this like ideology in this world because of one political party and one man and you're just like uh, okay i mean i'm along for the ride for now you know and then it, when it actually starts to crumble like I don't know. I expect those people to cry and to grovel and to be sad about a lot of things. So that's what the the film did really well with showing. I wonder what that's like. Uh, yeah. Some there are some people out there who maybe could tell us. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you both bring up really good points. I mean, one I think is the humanization of the Third Reich, 
which is something we never see. We always see them as like almost like inglorious bastards, like this, like these cartoon level villains where Hitler's the big boss. And I mean, video games and movies, television, everybody have turned this entire organization, this this horrible group of of genocidal like you know maniacs at least at the at the top into like almost cartoon villains and this movie i think in your point jesse really humanizes them and kind of brings them down to like it's like almost like the director took a challenge where it was like can i make people feel bad for nazis right and he but in in a way where it's not like i don't want you to like them and then he has a great way of like kind of re like reevaluating your opinion and then showing you like no these are still bad people like i like how he checks in every once in a while with the characters which i thought was great like you almost feel bad for certain characters and then they'll per- like right at the perfect time they'll mention like oh yeah something about the camps or something just something about like what horrible shit they're doing and then it's like oh yeah we remember yes okay yes these are nazis okay no no fuck them but he almost makes you feel bad and that's i think to the director and to the actors credits i mean everyone and not only does everyone act really well but everyone really kind of looks like they're the actual person like the actor who played goebbels you know with that big widow's peak and those tiny beady eyes like fucking rat face yeah, yeah like it was <laughs> he looked really really similar to the actual picture of of, of Goebbels and I also and not to keep going on but the, the other last point that you were making Alex with this whole like this idea of like the the everyday person or at least the lower administrative part of the Nazi regime kind of I don't think you you mentioned um, wrong. I don't think wrong is the right word. Mm-hmm. I think realizing that they've lost is like a better way to look at it. It's, yeah, it's that's like true. it's Definitely. like a big giant chess game that's been going on. Yeah, that's. I tried to reframe that as well when Alex said that. I was like, wait a minute. It's like it's, um, but it, I get where you're going. Yeah, for. it's it's more like a big chess game that's been going on for years. And they finally lost. And it's cost everything. The only thing at that point was them just throwing everything they had. I mean, I love the the concepts that like Hitler is throwing around battalions that don't exist. Because to him, he's become so disconnected from the actual military. That's a point of this film as well, is the, the sort of mental downfall of Adolf Hitler. So you have oh, the yeah. title working in concert in sort of different... <clears throat> different ways there's the military downfall and the, the downfall of the empire but also the downfall of the man you know oh, he's yeah. just like he's just out of it he has that tick where he's just i don't know his, his hand is hand. going wild he's it, got the shakes it's from the amphetamine yeah he had uh the amphetamine abuse oh that's right they and they were they were doing them they were doing them amphetamines yeah so the amphetamine abuse that he had been going through had left him with a a tremor in one of his hands and so he tried to mask it by putting it behind his back a lot but going back to the heroes and villains thing one thing i was thinking of while watching the film and this is apropos like the the sort of humanization um where no one especially feels like a hero or a villain in this movie they just feel like people until you put like the like of course the context of history overlaying it um then you can see it quite clearly um but I was thinking about World War Two movies and especially the more realistic ones and like the portrayals of Nazis and even in a film like Schindler's List, which is like very sober and grounded, um, you have clear cut heroes and villains. You have Oscar Schindler as a hero and then you have Ray Fiennes character in there who is just horrific. Um, I can't remember his actual name. Among Goeth. Oh, Goeth. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, that's a, no. You're making a really great point. Like, there is no villain because in Schindler's List, there was a story going on outside of this narrative we already knew, and that's kind of how you're supposed to tell a story, at least in my mind, of an, a historical event. You already, we already all know the end. We know spoilers. We know what happens. Nazi lo- like the Nazi Germany loses and it falls. Like we know what happens because we're here in 2022. So. 
Instead, you try to pull, you take that as a setting, you pull a piece off, and you make a narrative out of that. But that's not what this is. This is what happened, and you're waiting for it to end. In not, like, a bad way. Like You're not, like, when you're watching a shitty movie, you're like, I'm just waiting for this movie to end. No, you just, you know what's going to happen. So you're just waiting. And, and there's just a certain level of anticipation there, I think. Was it a problem for you guys that you, you did know how it would end and that, like, do you, did you felt, did you feel like there were no characters you could latch onto? I think if I were going to, like, I don't know, maybe levy a tiny complaint, I would sometimes get a little bit lost of just, like, the German officers running around and I'm like, I don't, I didn't especially relate to any of them except, I don't, I don't know. I don't I know exactly how to frame this. I mean, okay, so Trottle Junge, the main character, the I mean, not the main character, but like the secretary. Secretary, yeah. Obviously, yes. I think the film does like the most legwork in humanizing her. Mm-hmm. But I hated Ava Braun, but I've always hated her as a historical figure, as Hitler and Goebbels especially. So like those three, I, I don't know. I was just marveling more at Gans's performance as Hitler rather than like Hitler as the character. But I have always, always been really divided on a character who they actually put on a lot of screen time uh, named Albert Speer, who was the architect of like the actual architect of the Nazi empire. Like he built all the monuments and he helped design like all of these things as well as helping design camps and other things like that right so he spent 25 30 years in prison after the nuremberg trials and in the film i remember when everything's like falling apart hitler turns to spear like for advice or for something you know i don't know and spear can't give it to him or doesn't answer in the way that hitler wants and he's he mentioned something about artists you know he was like i should have never brought a fucking artist onto this thing and I don't know. Albert Speer has always just been one of those figures to me that I'm just like, what the f- like, what's wrong with you? Like, you were obviously talented. Some of the monuments that are built are like very majestic and well designed and whatnot. But like, why did you, why did you throw your cahoots in with this fucking madman? You know, and join the insane asylum? So, well, you answered your own question. I mean, you're answering your own question from the beginning. Like, you were yeah, saying, right. <laughs> like this. What would you do if, like, your entire nation was became this one goal, this mm-hmm. one ideal, and all efforts and all energy and resources went to this one cause, and and that's all anything ever mattered. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so it's like, yeah, the best artists would want to. I mean, uh, the secretary Trottle Junga. Mm-hmm. How it's pronounced? Yeah, she. I mean, she's stoked to become Hitler's secretary in the beginning of the movie. I mean, and this is late into the war. You know, this is relatively late into the war. I mean, of course, she was probably ignorant to ninety nine percent of what was actually going on, as most of these secretaries were. But I mean, that doesn't stop her from being a Nazi. I, yeah, I believe yeah, exactly. she's hired, and then it says two years later. Yeah, so two years. So, I mean, two years is that's still the. I mean, the war lasted quite a while. I mean, in an American perspective, it only lasted four years, but the war started in like thirty-seven or something like that. Europe was Europe was duking it out for a yeah. While. So I mean, it's short to us, but Jesus Christ, woof woof. woof it's woof. short to us, but it's long to. Uh, you got Blondie back there. <laughs> shut up. To <laughs> to most uh, of the rest of the world, it was a long war. So she still re- joined relatively close to the end. Yeah, and I mean, she's, she's, I mean, she's still a Nazi. I mean, that's, I mean, that, I mean, depending on oh, who you yeah, talk yeah, to, yeah. I mean, she's still a Nazi. Everyone in this movie is a fucking Nazi, and they deserve what they got. Jesus. Those are the fourth and fifth members of the Real Weirdos, by the way. Uh, their Shut names up. are Ark and Zeus. Two in the crazy background there. looking German shepherds. I just no, told just them kidding. to be quiet. I just told them to shut up in the recording, so don't edit that out, please. I mean, please, okay. yeah, please do. Please do. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we're talking about it, so we'll see. We'll see what happens in the edit. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I don't know if this happened to you guys as well, but 
I had a fair amount of distraction watching this movie because of its uh, cultural uh, and historical echoes of things that are happening at this moment. Um, I thought it was because it's the Russians shelling a city, right? And you see the destruction of Russians shelling a city. And uh, obviously it's this is a, a much different context because it is, you know, Berlin with Hitler in it. And uh, they're doing a good thing at this point. But I was like, man, I have seen very similar uh, images, including, you know, fucking dead civilians this mm-hmm. week. And I was, it's just, uh, it was a really interesting time for like to, to choose this movie, I guess. From the point of view of history, if you're listening to this in 100 years, Russia is currently committing atrocities in the Ukraine. That's what's going on. That's what I'm referring it's, to. It's great. I mean, it's not great. It's interesting because uh, Putin is using Nazis as an excuse. So, like, yeah. the, like these, like, kind of back to my point of these character, these people have become characterized as these ideal villains. And anytime you want to assign a villain title to somebody, you can just call them a Nazi. You can just put that tag on them, and all of a sudden, boom. The president of Ukraine is a Jew. <laughs> and so it's like, so they're, well, they're, he's talking about these couple like sectors of the Ukraine that like want to be part he's of He's utilizing Russia. a fringe. Uh, he's a using fringe, pro- yeah. utilizing propaganda, just like what Goebbels did. I mean, that's why he, that was, he was the minister of propaganda. And you see that in this movie, which I think is really interesting, where like you see Hitler kind of like, in the beginning at least, trying to have Goebbels like spin things differently like when he's talking to him about uh, certain like messages he's going to put out like Goebbels will rephrase them and rewrite them to his uh when he's like um what is it called when you're like reading somebody out to dictation somebody. dictation thank you I forgot the word when he's dictating uh messages at least in the beginning and then later he kind of dictates his will but uh but there's there's a certain level of where you see this infrastructure in a very small way. You see him surrounded by his generals and they're them giving him advice. So you can see how this worked, not as worked as in success, I mean, just as in worked as in a machine working before this downfall. You can see how they were playing this same game. And, and Hitler had a mm-hmm. very... Uh, at this time, so in Germany, the military was always very... Um, highly regarded to a point of like class like the military was like the highest class they were almost like nobility in a in a weird sense that it was always the highest respected position you could be in and hitler hated that and that's why he couldn't kill his generals he mentions that he's like i should have just did what stalin did and killed all my generals in the beginning and he actually said Oof. that and that's why all he his did. and all his generals were like what you can't say that so like you can't they all kind of and, and you see that in the movie they immediately react like i can't stand here and have you speak to us like this like because there was a level of even though he's the fewer like we are all respected members of nobility and you need to dress us as such and the idea of just wiping them out is just especially comparing himself to stalin where germany hates russia it was it was just a very, I don't know, that was one of my, I mean, it's hard to say you have a favorite scene in this movie because this movie's about horrible people and their downfall. Well, you can uh, talk about the most affective scenes. But there you, was, like, I the think. The things that touched you the most yeah, in whatever way. Those movies, I mean, besides, if, I think we can all agree what scene was the most emotionally disturbing in this movie, but we'll get there. But that scene was the most, yes, it was, it was the most well done by all the actors. You could feel the tension in the room. What which scene are you guys speaking of? Excuse me, the one where they're I uh, lost it too. <laughs> <laughs> which which scene, Jeff? <laughs> which scene? are you talking about? The end? No, I'm talking about the scene where they're uh, in the room, like the the boardroom together. Oh, the meme, the meme scene. Kind of like it's one of those where he's like insulting them and telling them he should have like killed them all. Yeah, and they're all like kind of rebelling against him at that moment. They're kind of like, gotcha. There were so many of those scenes that like they kind of they kind of blur together, especially when Hitler's talking about like murdering people and murdering his own people. He talks about murdering his own people in this movie more than he talks about murdering the enemy. He's like, let the civilians starve; they don't matter. Like the weak will die. 
and apparently my my country is weak because we didn't win this war therefore we all deserve to die women mm-hmm. children doesn't fucking matter well he flipped back and forth he had a <clears throat> that's what was one of the big testimonies about his personality was that he was going back and forth between these like total and utter depression and just like just hopelessness and then he would flip in like a second to like absolutely hopeful and giving orders and talking about how they're going to win the war and and moving troops and they say he's like oh you got to move them this way i realize now that this is how we win the war and they would he would flip back and forth and his generals were like wait what's going on cuz people are like shooting themselves and then like wait we're still trying to win i mean can you it's just I mean, the chaos so he's having like manic depressive meth psychosis pretty much i mean this is Jeez. all like drug addled psychosis and didn't he have yep. there's theories about him having like STDs as well he had like gonorrhea so he's like going insane from that I mean there's is a that lot true? of I, honestly I don't know there's a lot of myths and You're not legends. a World War 2 historian? What the fuck? I'm not, you I'm not I'm sorry. I, I know a little bit but yeah, I don't know. There's a, I mean like I said he's a very cart like he's a very stylized villain at this point so there's so much myth and legend about this person and even about his death is like this scene that we see about Hitler's death where you know him and Ava Braun they he you know she takes the cyanide they very they they really highlight the cyanide in this film which was interesting I was surprised at how understated their deaths were I thought I don't know maybe maybe they thought it would be weirdly tasteless to show Hitler actually blow his own brains out in the film. But you see a lot of other soldiers and people do that. There's a lot of fairly graphic suicide. This is like suicide. The movie. Yes. I can't think of a more suicidal movie (laughs) in terms of like people just offing themselves, but um, to have them do it behind closed doors, I think was an interesting choice by the director. And I'm still not quite sure why I guess just, have it feel more stately, more grand. And I think like sometimes it's what you don't see that's more effective yeah. than what you do. Well, I think, that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I You guys saw it a little bit more recently than I did. I, I just browsed through it on the second go through because I just seen oh, it like a couple months cause ago. Because you're a professional. Well, I just seen it a couple months ago. <laughs> uh, it was, but since you've seen it, I don't think you see any scenes with Hitler when he's not with somebody else. I don't think there's a single scene with Hitler behind closed doors where it's just him, like in the camera on him, unless the doors open and someone's about to walk in, and it's just setting a scene. But I don't I think th- you're correct. I don't I think, think there's a single scene in this in this movie where like he's just like him and Ava talking like because the all the scenes in this movie are from testimony so everything that's happening is something that a person was there to attribute and say like yeah that happened I had that conversation or someone I knew this man this general talked to Hitler at this time where it can be verified there's no scenes where just like Hitler's monologuing into the camera or having a one-on-one right because it would be speculative and there's none of that so I think to to kind of counter what you're saying is the point is that when the doors close, nobody was there. So only only people who know what happened behind that room in that room are Hitler and Ava Braun. Well, we know that yeah. he chomped a cyanide and blasted himself with a Luger. Well, that's at the same time. Say, that's very speculated, there's, though. Yeah, there's controversy surrounding that. So maybe that the way that the film took care of that scene was their way of kind of acknowledging, like, okay. We don't know exactly how they died. Oh. We're not going to feed into the conspiracies necessarily, but we don't want to make something so definitive that there's this yeah. outcry. You know, you okay. see blood. Okay. There's rumors, but, but it could be wrapped up in a. It carpet. could be a ruse. It there was rumors he was wrapped up in a rug and like sent to fucking Soviet Russia somehow. No, and, there like, was uh, the biggest. The biggest. No, the biggest one is. That I mean, the biggest one I've heard is that he faked his death and went and he's to in Argentina, Argentina, or Brazil. yeah, yeah, South America somewhere, exactly, because they so, were like sympathetic to the Nazis at the time. But yeah, it's it, it's it's all speculative. But the main part is that is what, from all historical accounts, happened, mm-hmm. and but we don't know because it was behind that closed door. And I think that kind of at the same time, I think to your point, it it meant, it's meant to add. This emphasis, this anticlimactic, this man didn't deserve a climactic end. He deserved to be shot 
in the street like a dog. Yeah. And he mm. got a better end than he ever deserved. He got to, like, die with his fresh wife. I mean, he got way more than he ever deserved in his end. So, it, I mean, to, to, to the credit of the movie, I think they really were like, all right, we're not going to make this in any way grandiose or a big uh, a scene that's meant to make you emotional. It's like, no, a villain died like he was supposed to and he was burned in the ground and if, well like his an empire fell if, if anything it it did something good in my eyes because i agree i think that more light needs to be shed on Goebbels as well as being just as horrific and like sick you know just because he helped mobilize the people when we talk about these normal people Goebbels was the one who fucking did that. I mean, well, they're all, yeah. I mean, they're. But all he was the awful. propaganda, you know, meister, and he was yes. the one that was gonna like take all the art away. He was like the most detrimental one to the things that I care more most about philosophically when it came to what the Nazis were destroying, like culturally. Aside from that's after the humans that they slaughtered, right? Yeah, I mean, he made all the films, all the propaganda films. I mean, he yeah, like destroyed the film and like. All the Jew-loving art and the Jew art that he called, you know, there's some great classic works that were stolen by the Nazis, and yep. some of it was destroyed, and some of it was recovered by Americans, and now he we knows. have it. And now he was we the it. only <laughs> one truly loyal to the end, too. But like, by, by the end, yeah, uh, they had all betrayed Hitler to a degree or another, and in, in, in except him and his family, and I mean. To get to that scene, I mean, I think that we can all agree, as I mentioned before. Yeah, Alex, were you done? Oh, no. <laughs> sorry. You're good. <laughs> so I was going to say that going back to the film with Goebbels, I think that it like shows the light on his death and what he did to his children and his wife, what they did to their children. Oh, and my like, God. It really protracts that scene out because... That I think is like, that's the where they're gonna be really showy and grandiose, and they're gonna like f show some flair a little bit as far as filmmaking and narrative goes, and show some like really authentic and visceral stuff that makes you hurt, because that shit is fucking insane, right? Like, I don't know, you can't you can't just like surrender and then just be like, okay, daddy and mommy are going to prison. You guys are like not because you're fucking children but the powers that be will hopefully give you a stable life right hopefully but instead you're just like no fuck it we're gonna kill everyone that was such a wild scene man yeah i was like not ready for that was the most emotionally impactful scene for sure to just like poison your children and she did it in such a stately little way too it's like so I mechanical know. almost. It has like a weird, I don't know, somewhere be between being mechanical and being like maternal. Uh, maternal, yeah, reverent. It was strange. It was, uh, it was fucking horrifying. So here's a question, and this is like a weird one, and it's one that I grappled with as well. Does this film humanize Hitler? Because if the an the answer is like interesting, right? Because if you say yes, it's almost like you're self-indicting. But it's also like I think that would be a mark to the film's credit in the way that it like humanistically portrays events and people, right? You could think about this question a few different ways, I suppose. Well, I'll let yeah. Jeff go. I mean, I, I I said that in the beginning already, so yeah. I mean, I've already mentioned that. So Alex, go ahead. Oh wait, you you what did you say though? I don't I don't remember. Um, yeah, I I mentioned that this to the movies. I said exactly what Jesse said. I said, to oh, this like movie's you, credit, you think that, that it does humanize. Yeah, him? I said that the, to this movie's credit, the director, I mean, almost verbatim what he just said. Got oh, it. okay. Yeah, I mean, then yeah, ah, it it does, but it it doesn't do it like I don't think that's the main purpose of the movie, and I don't think it oversteps in saying this movie is about humanizing Hitler. No, it's not about it's, that, right? It's like, not the goal. The goal is not like, hey, look at the—he was actually a pretty cool guy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, wasn't um, the if goal anything, of the film it adds another human element to his evilness to me because he's not just some dark, scary, you know, Gestapo squad in the night. 
you know, there's so many renditions of, of Nazis and so many plays like Stormtroopers and things like that later on taken up into S- Stormtroopers and Star Wars. Like, so it's just, there's so many motifs of Hitler and like the big bad Nazis then just that red bleeding background with the huge swastika like in the middle, you know, just taking over all of Europe. So mm-hmm. to see him as a frail, like weird little hairs are like sticking out of his face like an old man and like his like hands are shaking and stuff and his hair is all unkempt and like greasy and the spitting, you know, great performance again. That was oh mostly what I was marveling at, but yeah. it just showed that he was also like a decrepit creature as well the performance is sensational from what's the actor's name i was looking him up before we were doing the episode uh bruno gantz he died like uh two or three years ago actually um but it is uh, this is the thing i was thinking about as well is his performance is so good that it's like when i think about hitler i don't think about hitler i think about his performance You know, it's that effective. And I was like, I was thinking about other films that do that, where it's like, if I think about Jim Morrison, a lot of the time my mind goes to Val Kilmer's performance more so than like actual, you know, Jim footage. Yeah. Because he just embodied it so well. Obviously, Jim, I don't know. I guess they're both like pretty well documented. There's a lot of footage of Hitler, obviously. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I don't know if you guys thought that as well. Or if you could think of like other examples of that, because they're pretty minimal. Well, uh, Jeff, is this your favorite World War II movie? No. Okay, so when we say World War II movies, we talk about like we're talking about like war movies, right? Like combat movies. I mean, I think you would talk about the entire breadth of any movie that takes place in World War II. Okay, so but there's it doesn't a, have a, to be a, a split, it doesn't have to though. be a military movie. It could be a spy movie. It could be, you know, whatever. I I just put them all in a category of movies that take place in this time period. Okay. Yeah, The Great Escape. Yeah, yeah I mean that's like an escape movie, like like Indiana Jones, like we were ta- like I was talking about in the beginning. Yeah, like yeah Indiana yeah. Jones is doesn't it just takes place in this time period and Nazis are the bad guys, but that's not the point of the movie. Yeah, I mean, it just takes up the rumors of them being into, like, you know, the the occult and, like, other stuff. It doesn't deal with, like, the traditional, they're bad, they're rolling through Europe, they're killing innocent people. It's more just, like, they're trying to find and unlock, like, dark supernatural shit. So it's it also just kind of, you know, makes Indiana Jones into more of a hero-like character because he's just killing Nazis and everyone likes that. <laughs> oh, that's a great way to that's a great way to make your hero heroic have him punch yeah. a Nazi. I mean Glorious <laughs> Bastards is is you good, good for two reasons. Quentin Tarantino and killing Nazis. Alex, were you about to say if if Indiana Jones just jumped into this movie? Fuck yeah. Like instead of like <laughs> the suicides and like the burning of the gasoline and like really unceremonial death it's just like he busts down into the bunker and just whips ass like just whipping like <laughs> yeah. guns out of people's hands as they're putting them up to their own heads you have like oh, ten he's screens. like no you're not killing yourself you're not killing yourself because this movie is now pg-13 because yes. justice movie. back in the old usa i'm taking you in nazis and all your guns belong in museums Steve McQueen just burrows out of the ground. Oops. <laughs> All your guns belong in museums. <laughs> Top uh, man. Oh, oh my god, dude. Alright, well, you know, I mean, the scene where, I mean, just to kind of get back on track, the scene where they kind of kill off the children, to put it, you know, not lightly yeah. at all. We're back on track. It, it, it I don't know. It it's I it kind of fell flat for me. I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Like, really? Yeah. It like it was disturbing in a way where like I, I definitely agree. Like the kind of the kind of straightforward way, manner in which she did it. But I don't know. I I feel like I feel like it was unnecessary. I guess is the point I'm trying to make. It kind of detracted from. I, I made it made the character of Goebbels definitely more 
sinister to me because he's like, no, I'm not going to allow my children to be taken because he believes so much in his own propaganda that mm-hmm. he believes that they'll be like taken and paraded around in the Western, in like America and stuff. And so I, I get his, mm. like the reasoning he's believing in, but I don't know. It just, I just didn't feel like it added anything to the film to me. It was just kind of an, a one-off part of disturbing I'd have to disagree. I think it shows it showed to me the level of indoctrination that they have with the Third Reich and National Socialism. And it's it was explored in a variety of scenes. Another one that pops to mind is when I, I can't remember the officer's name, but he's at dinner with his family, his wife and kids, and he just pops a couple grenades under the table. Oh, and God. just like he would rather and and multiple characters say this and show it in different ways where they literally cannot see a future that is not national socialism. They think the world will be an awful, horrible place to the point where they would literally murder their own children. They would rather murder their offspring than allow them to exist in a world without NS and without Hitler. It's crazy. Yeah. And I also felt that it was like, it was a nice break in a weird way. Um, <laughs> it's a strange to say possibly, but in terms of like, it's so many scenes of men in Nazi uniforms talking about the war in the bunker and to have a scene that wasn't that and to de- like dealt with something else that was just surrounding that was a good way of breaking up those scenes for me. Definitely. I think from a, from a moviegoer perspective, that is the right move. From my perspective, I like the history nerd stuff. So, like, that's the part I really enjoy is, like, kind of watching them realize they're losing. I don't know. There's a, there's a, almost, like, a point where, like, I relish that in this movie. Like, watching mm. them all, like, realize they're losing. Like, oh, no, that regiment doesn't exist. Oh, well, that person's <laughs> that half strength. There's only this many men to offer. And then Hitler's just like, well, put them there anyway. And they're like, they're just not there. Like, I just, I love that shit because it's fucking Hans it, will come in with his battalion. And, and it's like, he's, there, is no, the battalion. <laughs> there is, is no battalion. Hans is no like, battalion. I just, I love Hans that. Is sh- dead. <laughs> I love that shit because it's so, I don't know. It's. I don't know. There's a, there's a bit of selfishness there where it's like I just I wa- I love watching their little empire crumble, their little house of cards come falling down. It's just it's nice because fuck Nazis. Yeah. Fuck Nazis. They're giving out medals as <laughs> as everything is tumbling like down. Like they're giving out medals to people that are like literally walking into another room to shoot themselves. Like the chaos is so beautifully captured in this film. Like kind of like what you're saying earlier, Jesse, of like it being like a suicide fest. It's like, oh my god, it is. It's like people are just shooting themselves, like, like, like it's like they're going on lunch break, like they're about to punch yeah. out <laughs> for the day. They're like, all right, cool, yeah, Johnson, see you later. Yeah, no, no, totally. Um, next week, yeah, we'll go golfing. Bang! Like it's just, it's just Thousand so. Year Reich. All right, it, later. It becomes. It becomes. Jesus. It does it become comical too? It does. It really does. At some point, like I was, I. I was like, okay, is this guy going to kill himself? Yep. Like, it, I think the scene where that you pointed out, Jesse, specifically, with the grenades, I, I do remember kind of laughing out loud because I didn't expect it to be grenades. I expected each of them to be, like, going the cyanide route, you know, because it's, like, calm, peaceful. Maybe, like, he put it in their tea and they're all going to pass out at the table and then he's going <laughs> right. to shoot himself. And then it's it like- just pans under the table and he just... Pops the pins of two grenades. I was just like, oh shit, dude. This guy thinks he's Rambo. It's a patently unquiet, unceremonious way to blow yourself to kingdom come. Seriously. Two grenades. Like, (laughs) Like, maybe. Two. Maybe I'll accidentally maim my children to death or to for life instead of killing them. Like Jesus, dude. Yeah, they're two frag grenades too, which is hilarious because it's like Like, for the most part, that's just for the most part, they're just gonna like I don't think it's going to take out the whole family. No, maybe two of them. They do explode, but yeah, it's a big room. There's, there's a very real possibility it's you're just going to your kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's under a table. Though you're just going to like blast their legs off. And it's not like an Ikea anyway. table. It's like an old German oak table. 
<laughs> the uh, sturdy table. The shit that like your fucking Nazi ancestors passed down that now in like your grandma's or my uncle's fucking living room. Yeah, your uncle, man. Jesus. He has all kinds of shit like that. Um, but I was going to say there's like some comical value um, in the sense that they show like it's almost like he's so crazy. Hitler is so out of touch with reality that it's funny, you know, like so in that going back to that scene where he's like where Jeff, you were talking about like the battalions where he's like, well, put him there. It's like there's like a Monty Python level hilariousness that's going on where it's like he puts the little <laughs> figurine there on the map. Right. Ooh. And he's like, well, the figurines there. And they're like, but the battalion isn't there, sir. And he's just like, but the but the figurines there, like so, <laughs> put it there. Like, and it's just, I don't know. It it just gets hilarious to the point of insanity. Which Monty Python is a great way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they 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 too are you know people who are emblematic of who use Nazis as like a trope all the time. Monty Python's spiraling downfall. Monty than the flying circus of doom. Yeah. A suicidal circus. Money Python suicidal circus. Um Jesus. What was what was the most uh the most affective thing though for sure is just like seeing the impact on civilians. That's always the thing. It's like you know in those street scenes that there are tons of people out there who are just like along for the ride and are out there like in a fucking war zone through no fault of their own. Um so uh, I don't know, like especially all those moments when the shelling is happening in the city, and you see I don't know, you see people dying, and uh, I don't know, just sort of brought it back once again to like those current events for me. It's hard not to, hard not yeah. to think about it in that way. I mean, historically, I uh, from what I've read, other than the Japanese as well, but the Soviets were pretty pretty ruthless. Um, I've read stories of, you know, them going so far as like murdering or killing their own soldiers when they retreat. In World War II or just like in general? Um, I think it might have been like in in general, but specifically in World War II. Again, so like World War II or last assault. week. Uh, I mean, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, the stories, I mean, again, we have to put it through the filter of our own propaganda always, but the stories that are coming of like the testimony of the Russian soldiers uh it seems like they're very much like in a bad place it's just as much as like that seems like the i mean like they're mm -hmm. still in, invaders but it seems oh no like yeah they're, they're very much lied to and put into very stressful conditions and i mean boohoo right but they're not high on the ideology train yeah all well, of no them. i mean it's not it's not just boohoo jeff you do have a valid and legitimate point like some of these people they're fighting are their cousins and their uncles and like like people they've known their entire lives basically speak the same language. Um, they're kids. They're like whipped, beaten, forced into conscription. So let's use like Arjuna. Yeah, it's it's just <sighs> insane. It's like it's like what I don't know exactly what happens if you're a soldier in Russia in 2022 and you say no, I'm not gonna go murder civilians, and I'm not gonna go invade. Like you probably thrown in the fucking gulag. I don't know. So. In relation to the film, however, what are your guys' thoughts? Like, we don't have to worry about the historical implications here. Just in the film. Do you, would you have rather these people stood trial? No. No? You like, you, like, it was, like, better that they just, all oh, the suicide bunker went nuts? I mean, I think, nuts. I think that's a better end than they deserved. Yeah. Well, we know that most of them that stood trial were, like, off. They were off the hook within like 10 years. Yeah. Even if they were convicted, they were really? conscripted into like United States, like, uh, I don't know, like a lot of like NASA picked up a lot of them. Well, a dude, lot of Nazi Werner scientists. Braun, yeah. <laughs> um, and like, I don't know, I watched a uh, trial of Nuremberg, trials of Nuremberg, the movie? the movie was called. Yeah. I watched that like a month ago. <laughs> it's a good the movie. One with Montgomery Cliff. Yeah. It's great. To William Shatner. <laughs> A young William Shatner getting people coffee. I know. Yeah. Seriously, he's just the bitch the whole time. But at the end of that film, it has the postscript, I believe, uh, where it says, like, all these people were out of jail within, like, 10 years. Mm. Like it, uh, a lot so, of them were. Not all. I mean, it's a lot of people did, you know, but yes, m most were. A lot but, of those high-ranking ones were. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... 
Yeah, well, after got, the creation of Israel, room. right, you get movies like Munich and stuff like that, where it's like, not Munich, excuse me. Is it Munich? Spielberg? No, I'm just talking That's about, Spielberg you know, uh, Mossad, the Israeli, like, special agent forces that after the creation of Israel, they were like, okay, we're not going to let this shit stand. Like, they sent operatives into South America, into other countries in Germany, and all over, the, like, Europe to be like, we're going to find these Nazis in hiding and, like, bring them to justice. And they did. I have no idea, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, dude, it's I think I'm crazy. Heard of something. I mean, maybe... But no, I've never even really heard of that. Really? Yeah, I mean, it sounds the name Mossad sounds familiar. Well, Mossad is is a well known like that. That's like the, it's like their CIA FBI yeah. basically. Okay. I've heard of the Mossad. I just didn't know the cultural backdrop to all that. No, I didn't. Um, but anyway, downfall, downfall, downfall is a really good movie. <laughs> yeah, I, think <laughs> I really just, enjoyed watching it. I think it, it, it's a perfect timing for this movie. Kind of shows that you know shit never changes. That this shit's gonna happen over and over again unless <sighs> humans get their shit together and uh, so unfortunate. Stop. Um, I don't know. Yeah, drunk I mean, on power. Aside from just being like, if you're into World War II movies and stuff like that, this movie was nominated for an Oscar for best foreign language film. It mm-hmm. grossed almost a thousand percent of its budget, so it's not just like you know some schmucky World War II history buff film either it's like this movie's really good so if you get a chance to watch it you should definitely it's check in it german out. yeah in german <laughs> it's very unique i mean drawing back to my original points i i think this is a really unique film because i can't think of any movie that operates in the not just the exact space in terms of you know hitler like specifically in the bunker but having a movie that's about villains where there's really no good guys, where it's just played straight. It's just played straight like this. Yeah, there's some humanization with the secretary and, of course, the children. It's it's a very easy way to uh, affect the audience when you use children like that. Um, But it felt... I mean, I'm I'm sure it happened, so they wouldn't just throw that in there. No, definitely. That definitely happened. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's a really interesting, powerful movie. Glad I watched it again. Like successful in form and in message. Yeah, and to draw to draw a parallel to next week, this is kind of interesting. I saw this. One of the last movies that Bruno Gantz was in is called The House That Jack Built by a director called Lars von Trier. <laughs> Jesus. And we will be doing Antichrist next week. I'm Opposite excited. Of Jesus. Opposite of Jesus. I'm excited. <laughs> I've chosen this film specifically because I decided that Jeff Casino needs it in his cinematic lexicon. Well, that could either mean it's amazing or it's the most dog shit thing I've ever seen. I mean, there's a 50 it's, 50 shot. Uh, it's more serious of a suggestion, I think, rather than just like, oh, I think you're going to hate this. Well, I remember it's, that because when I suggested Downfall, you were like, oh shit, Downfall and Antichrist. This is going to yeah. be yeah. dark. It's yeah. a movie. Anti, well, we'll talk about it more next week, but Antichrist is a movie that Alex and I will reference a lot because it, it sort of like helps define the borders of like crazy cinema. Fucking um, but yeah, so you guys ready to wrap this one up? I'll wrap yeah. it up with a nice bow. Wrap it up with a bow? I would be curious, like, do you think that there are, like, neo-Nazis who watch this movie and are like, oh, fuck, look at these heroes? There must be, right? Oh, I mean, Dude. maybe. I mean, this is probably, like, used as, like, this is probably considered part of, like, Jewish media or something, you know, like, whatever bullshit propaganda they believe in with Hollywood. I Would mean, it be, though? Because the movie the movie itself doesn't take sides. It just shows the events, right? Who knows, I think man? that it's already implied that the, the sides don't need to be taken. It's like, these people were bad. This is their downfall. We're going to show it to you. But, mm-hmm. yeah, no, definitely kind of the human think, imagination... Really? Dude, they can change anything. When I watched Gone in 60 Seconds, I thought Nicolas Cage was speaking to me to take 50 cars. Like, I was going to have all of these cars. So I could see some fucking neo-Nazi being like, yeah, this movie is glorifying it. So it's all about the interpretation of, like, the individual. But, dude, there are people that probably still have Birth of a Nation fucking on 
you know, <laughs> reel somewhere down in the south and are just played every Sunday. Yeah, so, Uncle yeah. Tom's cabin and shit. Yeah. Well, history is history. It keeps going. People are wild. People are terrible to each other. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. It seems like we're on a downturn right now. Well, but who knows? movies will keep being made, though, which is nice. Well, uh, well movies will be made, and the real weirdos are here to talk about movies and uh, bring a little bit of goofiness to your, and maybe some intelligence as well, <laughs> to your day. <laughs> we can only hope. One can only hope. <laughs> One can only hope. All right. We'll be back next time for Antichrist. Real weirdos. Two and a half white men talking about movies for way too goddamn long. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You can hang out with Jeff on Twitter. What's yeah. the What's the handle there? At Real Weirdos Pod. There you go. And that's our only social media. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. saloon. Hitler mm. is dead. We'll see you all next time. Chicka chaka Now our podcast is done and we have to run. We know it is sad, but we had so much fun. Don't be bereft, Jesse, Alex, and Jeff will be back real soon. The Real Weirdos, we talk about movies for way too goddamn long.